just keep being you. Welcome to the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Horlbogen. I'm on a mission to foster civility, respect, and integrity with a dash of sartorial elegance in the boardroom and beyond. And I invite you to join me on my quest. Never have to be like anybody else cause you're my favorite person when you're being yourself. A true original right from the start, straight from the heart, a great work of art, you stand apart. I'm super excited to have as my guest today, Mr. Trey Griggs. A little bit about Trey. He is a classic jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none character. From teaching high school physics to flipping homes, there aren't too many jobs Trey hasn't attempted, and according to him, he's enjoyed just about every one of them. Trey currently works within the transportation industry as a technology consultant and an industry personality, often incorporating the skills he's acquired in his previous roles to entertain, educate and inspire those around him. His passion is helping people live a more enjoyable, fulfilling life, and he sees technology as a main driver to accomplishing those goals. When Trey is not impacting the transportation industry, you can find him on adventures with his wife of 15 years and his two amazing daughters, remodeling their home, writing blogs, playing golf, and filling in with the worship band at his local church. So no further ado, welcome, Trey. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for making the time. I know things are a little chaotic right now, um, but I really appreciate you keeping the appointment for the interview. Um, so let's talk about what's on everybody's mind for one second, right? Um, COVID-19. Um, I know you said um, we, we talked about um, how leading during a time of crisis like this right now is is a lot of weight for people to carry you know men or women and um just sort of what are you what are your thoughts on that how are things like in your industry proceeding how is it playing out in your professional and your personal life yeah that's a great question i think these are uh, uncharted waters for a lot of people i think mm -hmm. small businesses in particular but even large businesses are having to make tough decisions. They're having to adjust on the fly for probably the first time in a long time. Most of the people that I work with do not work from home, but now they are. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it was it was thrown upon them without much warning. So there's a lot of chaos, a lot of uh, unknowns right now. And, and, you know, leaders in general are having to uh, be decisive, you know, make decisions, help their people, but also they're going to have to make tough decisions because this is going to affect you know, the economy, it's going to affect cash flow. It's going to affect the ability of employers to keep their entire staff. And those are just very difficult situations to navigate. I'm seeing that play out in our uh, industry, just like most industries, where, uh, you know, these uh, these circumstances are just causing a lot of a lot of change. And, you know, there's a lot of positives that can come out of that, but it requires really good leadership to mm -hmm. people in that direction and, um, you know, to be able to try to find those silver linings even in these times where it's it's uh, hard to know what's going to happen, you know, a month from now, even a week from now, I remember just one week ago, you know, I was I was uh, you know enjoying a pretty normal life, watching the <laughs> golf tournament, and then seven days later, it seems like everything is shut down. And so, to transition on a personal side, you know, with my family, I just noticed throughout the years that when you know when my leadership is strong, when my wife and I are on the same page from a leadership perspective, our kids follow suit. And when we're not leading well, then the same is true. And they they mm -hmm. struggle 
So we know during this time that it's important for us to uh, to maintain um, you know, a positive attitude, to um, to find the silver linings for our family. Now, we're an interesting family because I work from home and I have for the last five years. And my wife is a homemaker of the last 12 years. And we've uh, also been homeschooling our kids for the last five years. So our life hasn't really been turned upside down as much as others. But we just know that in this time where you know there's a lot of questions, uh, we have to you know talk to our kids about why they can't have playdates with their friends or play with the kids on the block, um, why we're not going anywhere for the next two weeks. Now, granted, my kids are 12 and 10, so they're able to understand some of those things. But it still requires good leadership. It requires mm-hmm. panic. It requires us, again, to be creative and figure out ways to uh, make sure everybody gets through this with their sanity. And it's, it's just difficult because we just don't know, you know what the next you know, 10, 12, 15, 30 days holds. But I think that leadership is critical, both professionally and personally during these times. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. Like um, everyone's routine and also a, a part of life for many that we would uh, be gravitating to right now is worship or church or spiritual um, community. And even that's sort of been quarantined. So people that, you know, that's huge, a huge part of our lives. And um, you know, we miss our people, but I mean, thankfully, to, to, thankful to technology, we have ways we can Skype, we can video chat with friends, check on them. But it's um, it's a hard adjustment. I mean, and as the parents or, or the leader in the company, right, we, we're struggling with our own fear and anxiety. And then to try to maintain that um, leadership role, that strong, steady, quiet, you know, calm role is I think I challenge many from top of the government down to, I mean, people have not been faced with this. And we're seeing a lot of um, sort of amazing leadership, um, you know, governor governor level, p- different levels where people are really keeping the calm in their communities. So that says a lot about, um, about leadership and sort of maybe some hidden people out there that we wouldn't consider stepping up in the role you know it's been interesting i would just comment on that you know when i I played basketball for two coaches that won over 900 games each my high school coach and my college coach very successful uh, men and um you know one of the things that they always used to tell us i remember this you know like it was yesterday is they said that you know the the tough times and adversity doesn't build character it actually reveals it and i think Mm. that's seeing now is that in this time you're seeing those people who have been developing their leadership skills and the people who are um, not I wouldn't say natural born leaders I think leadership is a skill and it's learned but you're seeing the people who have put in the time who have worked towards being good leaders for these moments but technology really is helping and I would love to comment on that because you know sure. it's nice the age we're in because our church was online last week a lot of churches have been online businesses have been, have been able to move online for the most part mm-hmm. not all course uh, there's a lot of people who uh, that's just not an option i mean our our trash service and our recycling service is still coming around and people are out working and doing the things to keep things going but for the most technology has played a huge role in that and it's times like these it's disruptions like these that force everybody to think differently and outside of the box and get creative and so again these are some of the silver linings that we're talking about but yeah technology's played a huge role but even our communities and the people that we you know, depend on in terms of, you know, our, our network and um, the social fabric of, mm-hmm. of, it's all kind of been turned upside down. It requires a lot of intentionality to, you know, maintain that and capture that 
uh, virtually online uh, because it's still, I mean, FaceTime is great. It keeps things going. It's not the same, but at least it helps. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, there was a segment on this morning on one of the news, um, national news channels about um, a garbage collector who, you know, I guess put out on Twitter something about, I can't work from home. If I work from home, you right. sit in your garbage, you know, so he's had to, yeah. he gets, he goes out crazy early, early 3 a.m. to try to start his route early so he's not expo exposing himself to people and vice versa. Um, yeah. But the, I, what I love about this, because I am such a cheerleader for the underdog. I always have been. And my husband gets mad at me because he's like, why do you take everybody else's side? And it's not that. I just feel like there's always another angle that we're prejudiced in our own mind. We already have our opinion, but maybe we didn't think about it coming from their angle. So that's an interesting, <laughs> that's another interesting <laughs> conversation. But I love the fact that pe people in jobs that maybe have not been as respected as much as they should be, service industry, garbage collecting, um, food service workers, you know, people in the grocery stores that they have to go to work and they're exposing themselves, their health, their family by being at work every day. So yeah. who are the real champions, right? I mean, I don't care if you've got a Harvard doctorate, you know, in your, in your mansion, that's great. But the real people that I think should be celebrated, the people that are the, the healthcare staff, all these people putting risking their life really, or well, I don't be that dramatic, but it is, it's, it's well, intense. There's no yeah. Doubt. And they, and I, and they, you know, there's, there's a, there's certain essential functions that um, are required in order to maintain, you know, society, to maintain civility, to maintain health. And there, you can't doctor from home, right? You can't, you can't be a nurse from home. You can't, you know, um, pick up the garbage from home. There's a lot of, a lot of those jobs that, uh, that often do go unnoticed that now it's the only thing we see. And um, yeah. I'm very thankful for those people who are willing to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's a, just a challenging situation. Yeah, absolutely. In this ways we can, um, I know we're leaving um, notes for our mail carrier. Mm -hmm. they're, again, they're touching everyone's mailbox. And I thought, well, yeah. I should be Lysoling my mailbox every day. That, <laughs> just, that's a great <laughs> idea too, to leave a note, you know, of encouragement. Cause they're, I mean, I'm sure that they're, you know, driving around and they're literally, you know, not seeing anybody on their route because people are in their homes or, you know, just not going outside. So it's gotta yeah. be a feeling to drive around and deliver the mail and feel like you're in an apocalyptic, apocalyptic uh, kind of, you know, episode. And how, much, and how much are you appreciating getting mail now? Like if you get a card <laughs> or something, it's like, and yeah. I, we've been writing <laughs> cards again too. I, I think these, um, the isolation, like again, I have a similar, we have a similar home situation. My husband's office is adjacent to the house. I worked for him for years. I'm working from home now because I'm unemployed. So you know, we're, this is our norm sort of anyway to be yeah. wor in the home working, but um, I forgot where I was going with that. No, that's anyway. right. We're in the same situation, but a lot of people's lives are really turned upside down right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we um, just, you know, being grateful to people, expressing that however we can, at least stick a note on the mailbox, you know, leave a oh. note for the Amazon delivery guy on the door, just things that, so people know we're, we're, we, we're grateful for what they're doing. Well, one thing um, I would as well is that, you know, it's really neat that um, there, there are things that come of this that you wouldn't plan for. And for example, even though I work from home and we're home a lot, I'm getting to spend a lot of time with my kids. And that's been a kind of a nice change. Uh, we're, yeah. we're doing things that we've been putting off. 
for example, my daughter really wanted to learn how to play guitar. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you think, oh, this should be easy. You know, we're home all day, but it's just difficult. And now because we've been forced to slow down, mm-hmm. we're able to do some of those things that we've just been putting off. And it's, you know, my, my daughter's excited, you know, to be able to play guitar. And I, I, I encourage people when I talk to them that, yeah, you know, this is not an ideal situation. But again, there's always positives in every situation yeah. for them. And those are some that I'm experiencing is extra time with the family, uh, time to do things around the house that we've just been putting off, whether it be playing games together or playing music together or talking about things that we just don't get to throughout a busy day. So enjoying yeah. that right now, even though it's not ideal, it's 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 been really nice to have that that time and that ability to focus on those things. Yeah, we um, when we spoke uh, yesterday, you know, we we said you were especially stressed trying to find that silver lining because our our outlook our the way we approach every day with all the stresses on us the additional stress now you know makes it different it sets the tone in the family it, it if we are still at an office with you know sparse staff it sets the tone there and it's not that we want to be like a pollyanna and make pretend everything's fine we know it's not fine but right. we still um it, it, it's it's again it's part of being a good leader you know being that um, looking for thing, looking for the positives in it. And I think there's a lot, I've, a lot online too, people are saying that we've scrambled for years, so crazy out straight saying, oh my God, I just wish I had more time for my family and I need to make more time, but I have no more time. Well, this is like a, a kind of a gift. You have the time now, even if it's additional stress. So try to make the most of it. Right. Like you Absolutely. said, I, I agree with that completely. I, I don't think you can ignore the fact that it's a tough time and right. you know, lives are being turned upside down. It's it's not ideal at all. But at the same time, there are those positives that are there. And uh, it's important that we look to those. That gives us hope. That gives us encouragement. That gives us something to look forward to and something to fight for. And uh, I think there's a nice balance there that can be had between acknowledging the reality, but also uh, you know, identifying the positives and the silver linings in every moment that we live. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's a huge opportunity to teach our children, if we have children, um, social responsibility, because I, I don't want to get too much into it, but if you look at the spring breakers down partying their brains out on all these beaches around the coasts, and, you know, they're like, ah, if I get it, I get it. You know, it's, I mean, I remember being young and foolish, but um, there's a, it's, it's to me, it's sadly a reflection too of, of parent, a parenting fail or um, a lack of parenting, because if they were, had been raised with social responsibility, that's not just about you. We, we you know, and, and that's hard to teach a young person. They think they're invincible. They think they're untouchable. And they don't care. A lot of the kids today don't care about the future. But I, I feel like this is a, that's going to, when they all go home from the beach and take whatever they're carrying with them, I just think it's going to be another whole nightmare. But this is a chance to teach our children social responsibility, that we have a, an obligation to our fellow man to look out for their interests too, right? Not just our own fun or you know I mean we we canceled a trip to Disney at the end of the month um my daughter school is probably canceling prom she most likely is not going to have a senior graduation ceremony um you know none of those last days in school with your friends and all the fun rites of passage that come she's she's 
that's gone. I mean, unless some miracle happens in the next few days. Um, and that's, I've, my heart's broken for her. That's not huge as far as life and death, but when you're 18, it's everything. So yeah, it's tough to be a high school senior this year. This has got to be one of the more difficult years to, to be in that place in life. And I think you're right. I think this is important to, uh, to teach our kids, remind all of us that you know, we really are in this together, mm-hmm. that we depend on one another, that community is important, and that we all do carry responsibility. It, it's very difficult and, and disheartening to see uh, people with a complete disregard. Um, I mean, it's challenging because you, you, you wonder how serious you know, this is. You, you really don't know. But when you see major industries closing down, losing billions mm-hmm. of dollars, they don't do that on a whim. And it's, no. it's something to take notice of. And so it is disheartening to see that. Because we truly do have a responsibility to our neighbor, to our community, uh, just to to help each other out, and and so yeah, I, I agree with that. It's it's difficult to see, but it's a time when we can teach our kids those those principles. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if you're near your folks or if they're around, but I'm having a hard time keeping my 76. Oh, she's gonna kill me. 76 <laughs> year old mother in the house. She's like, yeah. she is a she's like running on 45 she just doesn't stop she exercises she goes out every day she's very sociable and she went to target and after she told me her whole story and how tj maxx is closed and home goods is closed and marshall and i said mom what did you go to target for and she said um slippers and i'm like you risk getting covid19 for slippers but she's going stir crazy i mean she's just so i'm i'm also dealing with that trying to keep my parents my mom and stepdad in the house you know they i don't know i guess it's a struggle for everyone it is and you know when you realize that the the the, the population that has the most experience in life the older population are the ones who are being affected and impacted the most, the most. i'm gonna say well, my parents are in their 70s um and it's the same type of thing it's 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 i'm more concerned for them than i am for myself and my kids obviously um right. because because obviously the limited number of Doctors available, hospital beds available, and um, and you know elderly in general deal with health issues um, on a on a larger scale than, than the regular population. So um, there's already a need for um, you know for for room for them, and this is only going to heighten that. So yeah, I'm dealing with the same thing. My mom's a go getter, um, so it's which I love. We love about them. It's right, just right, right now, stop go getting. You know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so we talked about um, a little bit about um we talked about how i launched my the gentlewoman boss and how done is better than perfect and how being able to pivot in times like this like you already talked about moving you know your business online your church services online things like that can you talk a little bit about that and how having that flexibility as a person can be like a game changer right now yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes back to to my um, my childhood, my the way I was raised, and the idea of being a jack of all trades kind of a guy. I'll tell a quick story. You know, when I was growing up, I, I played a lot of sports. My dad coached all of my teams. I, I played music. I was sang. I, you know, I was a part of just about everything I could be a part of. And I was I was always able to participate and compete, but I was never really the best. And that was frustrating as a kid. You know, when I would go to middle school and, you know, we would have these debates on who was the best third baseman in our, our little league. And, I, you know, I, I wasn't the best third baseman, but I was a decent third baseman. And growing up, that was a difficult way to, um, you know, to live, always just kind of being second best or whatnot. 
But now that I'm older and the idea of being a generalist, of being able to do a lot of different things is such a blessing. And mm-hmm. I read one, one uh, somewhere recently that you know generalists are usually more successful than specialists. And it caught my eye because I thought, well, I'm a generalist. Hmm, that's interesting. But mm-hmm. I think it's true because it, it allows you to be more flexible. It allows you to pivot and, and feel comfortable, you know, to be able to do a lot of different things. And I think that's, that's what's needed right now is the ability to adjust and to lead people in those adjustments because change is hard for everybody. Change management is one of the most difficult things for any organization to, to maneuver because people struggle with change in general. And so the idea of being more of a generalist has, has actually played pretty well for me in life. Um, I think in times like this, it makes it easier to say, what are we doing today? Okay, let's do it, you know, and not really be too upset about it. Um, so it's important to have that, you know, that flexibility and be able to adjust on the fly, especially in this day and age where things can change seemingly overnight. Right. You know, I, most of my friends have never worked from home. Uh, the, the people I talk to in my industry, and now they're all having to try to figure that out. And, uh, and it's new. And, you know, the ones that are doing well are the ones who are flexible, the ones who have multiple experiences and have, have chan- transitioned, you know, um, long gone are the days of working for a company for 30 years and doing the same Getting job. Getting your watch. Day. Exactly. <laughs> Getting those, your watch at your retirement party. Us, you know? So being flexible is really important, especially in these moments where we have to adjust. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had shared something about a, a colleague that has a, you're in the transportation industry and he has a certain niche that um, he caters to that is now, um, for now, let's let's be positive, you know, not a not viable solution for him. It's not, they're not moving that stuff right now. Right. So I think um, the people that are coping the best right now or will be in the future are people that did not put all their eggs in one basket. And like you said, it used to be, my grandfather worked at a a knife making company for like 54 years. It was like, you know, he literally went to the same job, did this. I don't know how he did. I would have gone batty, but, and he did, he got his like, you know, engraved something or other when he retired. But, um, I mean, he was pretty skilled at a lot of other things because he was a self-taught man, but you know, a lot of people say they, they pick their field, they get their degree, they go into that field. And sometimes I think it's the social pressure. Like, um, I'm an accountant. I can't work at Home Depot, you know, to make extra money or, or whatever, like whatever your job is. Like they, there's sort of that social pressure because you have a title, but it's, it's becoming obvious that a title's not going to pay your bills, right? Like we, we have to be, it kind of takes humility too to, to, to do what you have to do in these times to provide for your family and get your bills paid. And for some, I mean, I was looking for work. I'm that's on halt. That's on pause now because number one, I don't want to be out there if I don't have to be. And it, it's just a crazy job market right now. There's, there's no, there's no, um, I don't know. I'm going to say no security, but who knows where it's going to go. Right. So people yeah. are laying off people. They're not going to hire more people. So. Well, to get back to your point about, you know, a niche market, um, you know, in, in business in general, if you can find a niche market, it can be very lucrative. You can do really well. Mm-hmm. But the risk there is that if for some reason that market, you know, goes away, mm-hmm. you're with, with not much. And so that's that's always the challenge. I think diversification um, is really important in business. Uh, even if you have one main niche, it's always good to have some other 
some other irons in the fire, if you will, in that regard, so that you're not susceptible to that. Because right now there are a lot of industries that have just dried up, hopefully temporarily for just a short period of time. But if that's all that you're focused on and that industry has dried up right now, um, then it's going to hurt. It's really going to hurt. And I'm seeing that right now. And it's hard to see. Um, mm. that's, that's, the, that's the risk of being <clears throat> more focused on a specific niche as opposed to being more of a kind of a generalist or a diversified business. Um, excuse, sorry, I just had to get rid of that window. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think, um, like you mentioned, change is very hard. I mean, I'm in New England and no one hates change more than New Englanders. Let me tell you that. Um, so it's, it's really a, a shift of, on so many levels, emotional, you know, secular, physical. Some of us are used to, we, I still see people out running, you know, we're, we're I'm in a suburb, so there's still a lot, a lot more people now out walking, running, but this just has like, every routine of our life has been affected by it. And we have, we, we either paralyze, right, with fear or we adapt. It's kind of about learning to adapt and make substitute things. I, I don't know. It's, um, it's just hard when it's, you're the breadwinner of the family and it's income. You know, that's, there's a lot of pressure there, but thankfully it seems like there's a lot of programs being set up to help people on a federal and local level. Um, yeah, let okay. me talk about adjustment real quick. Cause this is pretty Absolutely. So I have a local gym. Um, I'm a CrossFitter. That's, uh, that's the, the, the form of, edu of uh, edu exercise that I really enjoy. Um, and right now, of course, the gym is closed. You know, we, uh, we use, you work out in close proximity with other people. You're using the same equipment and things like that. So they made the decision to close it down. But what's really, I mean, amazing is that they're programming now for things you can do at home. And uh, even for people who don't have a home gym, you know, because not everybody has the space in their house right. to accommodate that. So they're coming up with these very creative workouts that are kind of helping people stay focused and stay uh, you know, in, in as good condition as possible without uh, the resources they had before. And again, I think, you know, just seeing that in play, seeing that in action, seeing businesses make these adjustments on the fly, again, it, it's going to, in the long run, be a huge positive for everybody because you're, you're coming up with new ways of doing things that you probably wouldn't even have thought of without this circumstance. But it's being able to adjust, being able to say, well, how can we still serve our people, or how can we still help people in this time? You know, what are we going to do? Um, that's that's really critical. You know, and, and I can tell you that in in my own experience, you know, we're trying to figure out in our industry how to stay connected, because trade shows are a big deal in our industry. We go to you know several trade shows throughout the year. It's a mm -hmm. main source of you know lead generation and community and networking, and that's gone. You know, that's that's not available right now, at least for the next you know foreseeable future couple of months. They've all canceled or postponed. And so now we're thinking, well, how can we get together? How can we, you know, um, kind of reinvent that or recapture some of that attention, some of that opportunity with customers? Because customers still need our products. In fact, I would say customers need our, techno our technology now more than they did before all of this. And so how can we serve the community? How can we use technology to do that? It's forcing all of us to think and be creative and come up with some new events and new ways of doing that. And I think that's really critical in this time. The Gentlewoman Boss podcast has been named top 20 best month reporting podcasts of 2021 by Welp Magazine, number 36 of 200 in top entrepreneurship podcasts by Podchaser, and top 20 best whistleblower podcasts 
for 2021 by CastBox Media. For sponsorship opportunities, please visit our website at thegentlewomanboss.com. Yeah, I I posted last week on LinkedIn about, um, you know, this is, a, this is a perfect example of prior to the pandemic hitting, you know, did you upskill your teams with digital technology? Did you, did you, you know, set things up so you could go online if you had to? And I think a lot of leaders, um, management, when things are working fine the way they are, for, number one, it's way less work to tackle all that, right? And everything's fine. Why, why fix something that's not broken? And I think that companies that were, you know, forward thinking and, and had that training in place and had those online platforms set up, um, which includes social media platforms too, because that's a huge way. I mean, there's, uh, you know, Instagram Live, uh, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, all these platforms. Um, it, it, it's again, a sign of good leadership. Unexpected, like our, you know, where we have a shortage of masks, uh, surgical masks, or whatever you call them in this country. Um, you know, it, it's like, there's all these, sort of signals of things where you don't, wouldn't associate that with leadership per se, but it's becoming associated with it now because yeah. the leader's job is to prepare and take care of. Right? So it's, I think it, companies that, that took this whole digital transformation technology thing seriously and, and educate their teams are in a much better place. They're already ahead of the curve. Like I know you have an event coming up that is an online event, right? Something that you're planning. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we, um, you know, we, again, like I said, we've lost a lot of FaceTime with customers uh, because of, you know, the, the trade shows, <clears throat> excuse me, the trade shows being canceled and postponed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, that's time that, uh, again, is really important. And so we're trying to figure out how to do that. And, you know, with technology today, like you said, being forward thinking uh, and having the tools that we have, you know, it, it, it's it's not that difficult to actually do. Um, we, we just have to think of how to make it work. And so what we're doing is we're creating a, <clears throat> excuse me, we're creating a one day online event where any vendor in our industry, any thought leader, influencer in our industry can sign up for a time, a session, and then just use their, uh, their, their video conferencing platform, whatever it may be, to uh, to put on um, whatever they're going to do, a demo or a panel or, or whatever it might be. And we're just inviting people in our industry through our networks, through LinkedIn, through other other um, avenues in which we have these contacts to come and join us. And the amazing thing is that for the most part, it's it's relatively free. It's low cost. I mean, it doesn't cost much to, you know, to buy a domain and build a website to, to centralize the information for this. It mm-hmm. doesn't cost much, uh, you know, more for the video conferencing platform. Most businesses already have one. There may be a small upgrade for a short time just to accommodate a larger number of people, but mm-hmm. it's relatively inexpensive to do this, but it's just, you know, forcing us to think outside the box of things we've never done before. We've yeah. never, we've, we haven't had a need to hold a virtual conference before, even though it's the, the technology was there. We just haven't really had the need because we have physical conferences. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that on April 2nd. It's called one day you know, virtual meetup. And um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be just a, a time for people in the transportation industry to hear about the latest technology innovations, to hear from influencers, and uh, get information that's per- pertinent to right now and this, the the situations that we're dealing with, whether it be legal or 
financial and you know things like that. So we're excited about that. We're looking forward to people, you know, um, going there and, and participating. Uh, the website is www.one-day-vm.com, and that's where people can learn more information about it, where presenters can sign up for it. And we're specific to the transportation industry. That's the niche that we have. Uh, so we're excited to see who participates and, and how that goes. Well, that's uh, that's great. See, that's a great pivot. You're you're trying to figure out a way to do this right in a whole new, like you said, you had the tools there. You just didn't need to use them before. Mm-hmm. But once you, if you do it once, you're set up now. Like it, it's right. it's the you know setting it all up, getting like you said all those pieces, you know, getting the website, getting this, the bandwidth, whatever you need to host it. But then. It, You've done the you've done the legwork for the next one, so it's right. and that's a smart move. That's that's good leadership, Trey. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to. So we talked. Um, well, I told you yesterday that with everything going on, I would never go on a cruise again. Yikes! Um, <laughs> and you, you know, you share that you got your family loves cruising, and um, yeah. which I get it. I wanted to share a story. Um, which is like related to the ocean and a fear and leadership and everything in one. So um, when my daughter was about two and a half, we took our boat. We had a 26 foot down east fisherman, lobsterman's yacht vessel. I don't know what it was. It was an Acadia something. I am not a boat person. But anyway, we went to Cuddyhunk, which is one of the islands the Elizabethan islands off of the coast of Massachusetts. So the more famous ones are Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. Well, Cuddyhunk is one of the smaller, very um, remote. There's nothing to do there. It's like, if you want to go somewhere and do nothing, this is the island you want to go to. So we took our vessel and we crossed the sea between here and there. Took us about two and a half hours, two and a half hours to get there on a calm day. Well, a storm came very fast and um, like there was like white caps in the harbor at Cuddy Hunk. Like he, my husband's been going there for decades. He'd never seen it. It was crazy. So we he, he gets us up at like five in the morning. He's like batting down the hatches. You know, we're, we're, go, we're going to try to beat it. Well, I was already terrified at that point. I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to stay here. No, we're going to because he's got all the experience. And he did. He was very seaworthy. So we get the dinghy tied up and the whole thing, and we off we go. The only boat leaving the harbor to try to get home. Well, when I tell you terrifying, I mean, I'm not... <laughs> he said he's been in much worse water, and he probably has. But for me, it was the worst I'd ever been in. And to complicate it, I had my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter on my lap, you know. So at one point, like, the boat sideways, and, Mommy, why is the water on the window? You know, it was just... <laughs> white knuckle i mean i swear it took 10 years off my life so and i was looking over at him and i was so mad because he looked completely unaffected like he was just (laughs) steering the boat getting us home and i didn't want to say anything like aren't you scared because my daughter's on my lap you know and it was it was there's a lot of details of how harrowing it was it took (laughs) us seven hours to get home And it was terrifying. And like there was a sailboat maybe a mile off and like it would disappear literally for like five minutes before I would see it again. The swells were. Wow. Yeah. So I, um, I'm telling you, if my daughter wasn't there, I would have said very bad things because I was so mad at him for putting in. It's that feeling <laughs> of 
there's nothing you can do. Like you have zero control. You're in the situation and you're powerless. That's how I felt, which I hate that feeling. So we finally get back to the dock, um, tie the boat up, whatever. He passes out for like two hours, just passes out, which I knew was telling because if everything was fine, why did you just pass out down below? So anyway, later, a couple scotches later, um, he, I said, I said, you have to tell me at least you were a little scared. And he goes, I was nervous. I was absolutely nervous. It was the first time we had this vessel. He had this vessel in bad water. So yeah. it's a learning curve. I mean, every boat is different. He had a sailboat before. This was a whole different. So he said, but he goes, my job was to get you home. My job was to be the captain. And I had to be the captain. Yeah. So it, I don't, it was such a, I still wanted to kill him. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I, it sort of created this, it, it was eye-opening for me because I knew he was nervous. I mean, we've got your two, two and a half year old baby girl on a boat and high seas right terrifying but he didn't let on to that like he led us through mm -hmm. that trial and got us home safe i would never ever do it again i would have jumped in the harbor and swam to shore <laughs> next time because i still it was hard but my point is it's as far as even when there's fear right there has to be good leadership that's your if you if you really want to be a leader right you you have to be the captain of that boat in that storm because you set the tone. So he, his calmness kept me calmer. I wasn't calm by any means, but it helped keep me at a place that I could hang on to my kid and hang on to the chair and, you know, yeah. and sort of get home. So I think um, it, it's just that like crisis management and, and setting the tone for that. But that's also another reason I'm not a fan of cruising because <laughs> I was on a cruise ship and we were in that. I think I'd probably have a heart attack, but that's just yeah. a, you know, a little The side. critical element of that story is that you said he had been in rougher waters. You know, mm -hmm. he had trained for that. It wasn't yeah. new to him. And I think, you know, when you look at great leaders that go through tough times, it's it's almost always the case that they have been prepared for that through something else. They've they've seen something very similar. They you know they 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 go into it knowing the danger, but also knowing that they have to come through. But it's the preparation I think that makes it so much easier. And it sounds like your husband uh, was kind of in the zone that day, based on the fact that he'd been in something similar before, and he kind of knew he knew what he had to do, even though it was difficult. And that is yeah. leadership. So that's, yeah, it's uh, a great story. He says I exaggerate, but that's another story. <laughs> but, you know, like I had not been on a boat in a storm ever in my life. So to me, right. that was the biggest, biggest, like that was, what's that movie with George? The Perfect Storm. I felt like I was in that movie. <laughs> and I can't even watch that movie anymore. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So leadership through, um, through crisis, through things right now, this is going to test a lot of people. Um but hopefully um, people will step up and do what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I said, I think adversity always, you know, reveals character, it reveals preparation much more than it creates it. So mm -hmm. I'm seeing, I think we're seeing that right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Trey. So I have a question that I ask. Actually, is there anything else you wanted to kind of get into? I was going to ask you a question, but is there anything else you wanted to I know we talked about a lot of different topics yesterday. Um, 
Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I could talk for hours. So just <laughs> on, you know, I'm the kind of person that can fill fill space and love to tell stories. I did want to say one thing from our our conversation yesterday, and it goes back to what we talked about. You know, you at one point you you referenced it, but you know, 90% in the market is always better than 100% out of the market. And mm-hmm. for perfectionists who want it to always be right or to be perfect, um, you know, it, it, like you mentioned for yourself, exactly. Yeah. Um, that can be a real challenge. And so I want to say kudos to you for starting this podcast, for you know jumping out there when probably all the details weren't weren't figured out and you had to learn a few things on the fly um, because it's you know it's, it's better to be where you are now learning and figuring it out than trying to get it all right first and then going into it. And so I just want to you know give kudos to you for that because I think that that um, that's a, it's a scary thing to do. It's a courageous thing to do. Um, and I'm excited for you. I hope that uh, I hope that you're learning a lot and that it just takes off and goes really well. well Happy I appreciate that. that. Thank you very much. Um, I know we did talk about that yesterday, and I had shared that. Um, you know, I was fired. I mean, I don't know if you know my whole story, but it's a big story. But anyway, I had set the date to launch it um, on my five month anniversary, and it, I was nowhere where I wanted to be by that point. But I. I took a walk and I was like, you know what? Just just do it. Like done is better than perfect. Get it. And then you're committed. I mean, once you say, I- I'm doing this, now you're committed. So it, it's um, and I'm also grateful now with what's going on that I have this to focus on because it gives me it sent, gives me some bit of routine to my day, or, or you know, I have clients to follow up with, people that are gonna be interviewed. Um I'm just grateful I did it, even though I was scared and I felt like it, I was not putting my best foot forward when I launched it. It's it's working out good. So I do appreciate your cheerleading. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, once you've made that commitment, you know, and you have that attitude that you're going to do it, it changes the entire game. You know, your your uh, your commitment level um, is is much higher. Your stick to itness, your figure it out, you know, mentality kicks into high gear, and you start to do things that if you hadn't committed, you might have just Put off to the side, you know, and so it, it really is um, uh, the attitude and the belief that leads to a different behavior that leads mm-hmm. to a result, you know, and so having that commitment was the attitude that has pushed you to this point where now you have a podcast up and running. It's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it is. I, I think as I think that word commitment is important today um, because I think we joke, joked, it's not funny, but it kind of is that like you know, this whole thing is going to be really good for divorce lawyers, unfortunately, and uh, a new baby boom coming because, you know, people are going to use this one way or the other. It's either, you know, being stuck at home with a spouse and not making things work and and being, you know, committed to to your commitment to each other, come what may, you know, for better or for worse, is is going to be a um, challenge for a lot of people. Um, But, what like you said, once you make that commitment, it doesn't matter what storm comes. You're you're in for the long haul. And that's 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 the blessing of having that view of in life because that's gonna help people navigate this storm, you know, as families, as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as businesses. Um I mean, there may come a point professionally that things have to be let go, maybe temporarily, because like we've talked about the market and everything, but um, that's not a sign of failure. I mean, if you've exhausted every option and you have to get to that point, it is what it is. But that commitment to to not you know not give up is is 
a game changer for people. You're like I said, right. yeah. I think that uh, a lot of times, you know, people don't realize that the obstacle in front of you is the way, you know, that that's, that's the way it, that whatever it might be. And when you're committed, you view it that way and mm. you don't look to go around it. You don't look to, 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 to find an, an exit path or, um, or way to get out. You just go through it. And I think that is, that is really critical. It's, it is funny though. I have a feeling that this Christmas there's going to be quite the big, quite the big, <laughs> um, it's, you, you just put two people that love each other in the same house for, for weeks. I'm just, you know, 10 months happen. later. <laughs> that's good. Well, that, and that could be a way that the economy gets bolstered. Everyone needs diapers. Everyone needs formula. Everyone needs, you know, baby clothes. And, it and it'll, it'll and, come back, you know, people are going to need to upgrade their houses, of course, because they're going to need more space. And yeah. they're going to need to buy new clothes. So, yeah, it, it will for sure. But I have a feeling that that's probably going to happen. <laughs> it's usually a pattern in history, right? That's right. Um, that's right. Which is actually, <laughs> it's a beautiful result of it. Let's, let's That's be right. positive. You know, big events you know? to do that, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the soldiers coming back from the war, a, a World Series victory. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And, uh, and you know, th we got we won the Super Bowl. And, and the fact that we even made it to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years was a big deal. But then to win it was kind of the, the icing on the cake. And I'm pretty sure there are going to be some Super Bowl babies from Kansas City as well. <laughs> Okay, mini boom in Kansas City, like in September, and in the rest of the country and the world in December and January. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny! Yeah, and congratulations on that. Coming from a Patriots fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know excellence and you know winning, and I'm hoping that we're about to go on our run to yeah. mimic what you guys have experienced for the last 20 years. I know we we were kind of joking, like, okay, global pandemic and Tom Brady's leaving the Patriots. It's been a What's bad, bad. <laughs> A couple of weeks, I'll tell you. That's right. Tom, I, I, I hope you're listening. Saw, I recently saw um, a headline that was just kind of along those lines of, um, you know, this was canceled. Tom Brady's playing for the Buccaneers and something else. And he goes, what world are we living in? You know, and so um, speaks to the excellence of Tom Brady. I'm not a Patriots fan, but I am a fan of excellence. Mm -hmm. And so he is somebody that I could watch any day of the week, even though I wouldn't root for the team just because I'm not from there. But I could watch him because he really does things excellence. I think people are drawn to excellence. People want to watch excellence. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about excellence, you know, one of my hashtags is be excellent today. One of the things that I'm promoting to people is the idea of pursuing excellence every day. And what's interesting about that is that I don't need to tell people what excellence is. Everybody knows what excellence looks like. If you're a parent, you know what it means to be an excellent parent. The question is, are you going to pursue it? Are you going to do it? And, you know, looking at somebody like Tom Brady, you see excellence in him in, in everything he does and the preparation work and he doesn't skip steps. And and that's, you know, winners win and, and it's not an accident. You know, they win for a reason. Yeah. And the same person with different people wins over and over and over again. You have to tip your hat and say that that guy's excellent. And I'm hoping that Patrick Mahomes will be that for us. <laughs> that we have. Uh, he's already said he wants to be like Tom Brady and some of these other legends like Peyton Manning. So we hope that he does that. But, you know, I think that people are drawn to excellence. And the more that we can pursue excellence on an individual level, the better it is overall for the community. Uh, because, that, you know, that's just a, a byproduct of it. So that's I think that's uh, people like Tom Brady are, are, are great people to look up to and to, to be reminded that even though I'm not a professional football player, I'm just a dad. I'm just a husband. I'm just a salesman. I'm just an associate. How can I pursue excellence in those things? How can I prepare and be ready and and and, and just be excellent? So, yeah, be excellent today. That's my hashtag. Be excellent today. Yeah. And speaking to what you spoke of earlier about um, being 
successful and good at things, but not being the best, right? You sort of resented that or it, that was in your youth. Now that you're old, I mean, you think of Tom, he, what was he? 199th draft yeah, picker. That's right. I, I don't, I don't know all the stats and everything. I'm a that's fan, right. but so that, you know, he came from a place of mediocrity. Sorry, Tom, if you're listening, but he wasn't the best of the best, but he became, right? He did yeah. put the work in and look at the result of that. So I, that's one of the things I love about his story. Like he, I mean, I don't know if I was, I'd be like, ah, forget it. I'm going to go back <laughs> to call. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to play yeah. football. I'm not going to live with this over me, but he took it as a challenge and he, he took that yeah. challenge on and he, it's just, he's had a phenomenal career. Absolutely. He had the right mentality the whole way. He still yeah. does. Yeah, Outlook is huge. So um, be excellent today. I love that. I was just making some notes as you're mentioning things. So when I do the description for the podcast, I can add some stuff in there. So I, I, I um, merged the E's and the T's. So I was trying to be clever, but it's be excellent today with only one E and only one T between the words. Okay. So it's a little it's a little difficult, but that's uh, I, I was trying to be clever and probably overthought it. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to have that... Um, you got to find your hashtag. That's important today. <laughs> That's right. I say that to people too. If you're going to start a movement or a brand or something, find your hashtag because you need that. It's so funny how things trend <laughs> or promote today. It's a whole different world. So speaking of it being a whole different world, you know, the um, my um, incentive for starting the Gentlewoman Boss, which I want, you know, I picked the name and I'm like, ooh, I hope that doesn't ostracize like the guys, the, the the males out there that are intrigued by it, but that it's like, is this a girl thing? You know, it's absolutely not. I mean, I am a woman. I was fired by a woman. <laughs> um, so the it, it was just, I leaned toward that part of, um, you know, women working with women in the workplace, treating each other respectfully with civility, um, with trust, with transparency, because I, that was my personal experience. But obviously, it's meant it, it's genderless. It's for for everyone. The qualities of a a gentleman or a gentlewoman are one and the same. Um, so, in this crazy world we're living in, um, what quality of a gentleman do you think is most important to emulate, and why? And then this is where I get to show my 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 words. Is that correct? Yes. All right, so I wrote it down here. So you already, you already said it one time. You almost stole my thunder there, but I wrote down humility. Oh, love it. And I, I told you yesterday that this was a very difficult exercise because uh, picking one word is very challenging um, to do that. But I think the, the when I see a leader who demonstrates humility, genuine humility. You know, some people think humility is having low self-esteem and I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think humility is not thinking, um, you know, less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's thinking of others more and leading from a place of how can I serve? How can I benefit you? How can I bless you? And the leaders that display humility, um, it doesn't mean that they're weak. It doesn't mean that they aren't able to get the job done. It means, in my opinion, that they have a proper view of themselves in light of the world, in light of their their circle, their influence. Some of the best leaders are the ones who aren't afraid to get their hands dirty and serve. And so when I think of humility, I think of servant leadership. Mm -hmm. um, I think of, um, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a book that I read long ago called Tender Warrior. And the idea of the book was 
being tender, being humble, being um, able to um, empathize with others and to feel is not a sign of weakness or a detriment. It's a sign of strength. And so I love that phrase, the tender warrior. And I think that yeah. captures the idea of humility and leadership in that we're still a warrior. We're still, you know, we're going to fight. We're going to, we're going to go after it. We're going to lead strong, but we're going to do it from a place of humility, from a place of empathy. And so that was, uh, that's why I chose that word. I love that term, uh, tender warrior. That's, I love that. Yeah, me too. Um, thought I lost my mic there. Well, I love that you picked humility. It's one of my, I think it's because again, because of societal pressures, people struggle with it because they feel like showing humility is a sign of weakness when it's the absolute opposite. It takes strength to be humble. It takes strength to admit, I don't have the answer. It takes strength to say, I was wrong or teach me. I don't understand. Those, all of that takes humility. And if as a leader, you, you can't get to that place, you're not a leader. Yeah. Right? You know, it's interesting too, because I think that you, you touched on something that's really important too. Some of the best leaders that I've ever been around are the ones that were the most curious, were the ones that recognized that they didn't know it all. Mm -hmm. They wanted to learn. They surround themselves with people smarter than them or able to do things in areas that they were not strong in those areas. And they weren't intimidated by that. They weren't, um, you know, threatened by that in any way. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a sign of humility. You know, the ability to come into any situation and say, what can I learn from you? You know, you know something I don't know and I want to get better. I want to grow. And I love the questions of that start with how do you or why do you? Because mm -hmm. that's really digging into understanding, you know, a person and what they know and their experiences and how I can learn from them. So to me, that my favorite questions to ask when I'm in a group of people, especially people I've never been with before, is is how do you do this or why do you do this? Mm -hmm. And those questions lead to some tremendous insight and wisdom and knowledge that you wouldn't get otherwise, especially if you walk into every room thinking you're the smartest one in the room. You know, and if you are the smartest one in the room, then you're in the wrong room. In my you're opinion. in the wrong room. I was just going to finish your sentence. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think because um, finding out someone's why is um, kind of a peek into their soul. You know, they, they're, that's that's uh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you're willing, well, you know, so like my why is I want to give people that have been, you know, victims of workplace bullying or a toxic culture or, or treated unfairly for doing the right and ethical thing. I want them, I want to give them their voice back and, and encourage them. You know, you, no matter what happens, right is right. So I don't know. So that's my why. I mean, as far as this project, I have a lot of whys, but they yeah. sort of all overlap each other. Like I said, rooting for the underdog, trying to be the voice for people that can't speak. I think um, and we have to know our own personal why. We have to know our why before we can really affect any change or even grow personally, right? So. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, there's a great book out there called Start With Why. Mm -hmm. and it leads to that of, you know, before you before you start making plans, figure out, you know, why you're even thinking about making plans and what that means. And so I, I think that's, that is critical. Absolutely. Purpose driven. Okay. So Trey, you, you talked about the one day virtual meetup coming up that you're hosting the online, uh, the digital online event. Um, but if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do so? 
Yeah, so there's several ways to do that. I'm on LinkedIn, um, and I, I, I create a lot of content on LinkedIn, so you can just look me up with that. Uh, my name, Trey Griggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my hashtag is Be Excellent Today on Twitter. Uh, and then, of course, you know, if they want to reach out to me via email, they could send an email to um, beexcellenttoday at gmail.com. Okay. That's also a way to get a hold of me. And so happy to help people out in any way I can, um, you know, share what I've learned and uh, certainly would like to learn from as many people as I can. That's great, Trey. Um, so I'll imp- I'll uh, put all of that information in the podcast description. And when I share it on social media, I'll, I'll plug your handles there as well. Yeah. Oh, as and one well. Does, you can also go to my, my, uh, my blog site at beexcellenttoday.com where I write blogs from time to time, probably not as much as I would like to, but um, you know, when, when something comes into my mind that I want to share, I, I put it on there. So that's a way to also follow what I'm doing. Great, great. Building your brand, Trey. Be excellent today. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. Um, please take care of you and your family and your loved ones and neighbors. I know you will. Thanks and for- um, I hope maybe we can do it again. Maybe we'll do a, a one-year follow-up and it'll be a whole whole different topic to talk about entirely different environment and i'm happy to do that you know best wishes to you in this i think what you're doing is great and i just wish you the, the most success possible all right great thanks trey thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the gentlewoman boss podcast please remember to download my podcast so you can listen whenever and wherever you'd like And if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much if you've already done so. It really does help with ratings and distribution of the show. I also invite you to email me if you'd like to share your story or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode of the show. Just visit thegentlewomanboss.com and click on the contact tab at the top to email me. You can also follow me on social media at Gentlewoman Boss. And if you prefer to watch podcasts rather than just listen to the audio version, my episodes are also uploaded on my YouTube channel in video format as well. Click subscribe and when new episodes drop, they'll show up in your YouTube feed. It's super easy. So until next time, remember, always choose to be the gentlewoman or gentleman in the room. I'll see you soon for the next episode of the Gentlewoman Boss Podcast.